You are listening to the Legal Community Podcast, hosted by Guy Remond and Dave Zampano, powered by Guider. Guider provides self-service online legal documents supported by your local attorney. Fast, affordable, and in your own time. For more information and resources, please visit guider.legal and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Legal Community Podcast. I'm Lisa Rozier, and today we are joined by Guy Remond and Dave Zampano. We're just coming off of a couple podcasts where we were talking about branding and marketing. And so it's natural progression. Let's talk about step number three, this fancy word advertising. So I just wanted to open up the floor to you gentlemen and let's dig deep and let's talk about advertising and what lawyers and business owners need to know about it. Thanks, Lisa. You're quite right. We had a a really good, I felt, discussion on branding, which I I think comes first. And then we kind of moved on then to marketing and what that involves. And and, and as you said, that the next progression really is advertising. Or is it? So I think one of the opinions I'm going to offer further into the podcast is, do we need advertising if we get the marketing right and we have the correct kind of sales process? Do we actually need advertising nowadays? What what constitutes advertising? So I'm happy to discuss that a little bit further into this podcast. It might be slightly controversial, but Dave, I just thought it'd be really worth opening with yourself because I know you're a big believer in, in advertising. You've done it for many years. You've been very successful with it on the back of the marketing, driving your business forward. So really interested to hear your thoughts on that side of things in relation to, in particular, the legal sector. So I'm going to play the lawyer role here, being the only one on the call. And I think most lawyers are probably scratching their head right now and saying, what in the hell are you guys talking about advertising for? That is marketing, isn't it? And we talked about branding, isn't that advertising? So I think it's really important. I mean, I'm going to stand up as a lawyer and say, you know what? Most lawyers, and I can say in my own experience, it took me a very long time to understand the difference between branding, marketing, and advertising. So when we think about that, the advertising element, what I've come to learn is really more of what we do in the traditional local markets, the, the TV, the radio, the newspaper, the, the publications, you know, and I can say in my personal law practice, I started with relationship management. So lawyers of purpose, we call it the RMS system, relationship management system, where it's about creating relationships with allied professionals, those people serving your target market. And that was a very strong part of my business for many years. And then as part of, as we discussed in the branding and the marketing segments, your branding is everything you do combined. So part of our strategy was advertising. We got on local television, local radio. We, we we actually involved in several publications where I was an author of a monthly article and things of that nature. So I, I've done quite a bit of the advertising. Interestingly, not so much for my national legal organization, which is Lawyers of Purpose. Very different, right? Advertising on a national level, much more expensive. It's not as local. And again, depending upon where you live, it could be very expensive. Someone living in New York City or major metropolitan areas is going to pay a lot more for airtime. I was fortunate in that I created a relationship with the local news station that, and I recommend this as, as something to consider. And they held, they had live what they called news talk. And it was weekly. They brought on, I was on four times a month. For the public to call in during the live news hour to get their estate planning questions answered. And with that, we did a lot of advertising. We found 
I think we have found that the, the targeted advertising is very effective. But I think I'm going to defer to Lisa a little bit because I think one of the things we learned, and I'll be honest, I learned from Lisa over the years, advertising on its own really doesn't do much. It makes people aware and it might generate some things, but we found that in, in coordination with the other elements was much more impactful. Lisa, what would you say to the attorneys out there who, like I was at one point in time, saying, what the heck is, is all this stuff? Are you right. guys talking Greek? It all sounds the same to me. I know. Well, here's a little fun fact. I started my career in television selling advertising. <laughs> and I was the person pounding the pavement, knocking on doors, shaking hands. I would I would tease them because I'd say, I'm Lisa from the TV station's call letter. So they thought that they were going to get a news story. And then I'd go in and be like, how about some advertising? So one thing that I found is there's a lot. Yeah, my main job was to do the sale and get people advertising. But more important, I wanted them to be successful. And so what I have found, not just in the legal industry of which I've worked in, but all the other type of industries is that, number one, your infrastructure has to be sound. And going back to the conversations that we had with branding and marketing, they need to be really intact before you take on this thing called advertising. And then you look at this 20 years ago, you had mass media and the newspaper was still booming. And all of a sudden we get this media creep and this digital creep and everything's all this digital platform. And you have so many options now. And with attorneys in particular, some of them say, I've never done advertising before. Some of them are looking for the quick fix. And you got to take the step back and say, number one, is your infrastructure sound? And number two, what's our ultimate goal? And so you have the different types of mass media, television, radio, print, billboards, and then you have all the digital platforms. And specifically in the legal industry, in the estate planning arena, you got to look at your target audience, right? Who are we looking to talk to? We're looking at a, a traditional 55 plus type of demo. And where's the sweet spot with them? It's sitting in the new news on their local broadcast station, right? That, or AM <laughs> talk radio, right? Or AM talk radio. And then you got the forward thinkers that are like, okay, yeah, we love that baby boomer generation, but how do I tap into the millennials? How do I tap tap into those Gen Xers? How do I start getting them to think of things in a cost-effective way? And that's where we look at the digital platform. So there's so many different options that you can look at. And my biggest thing about the word advertising is you got to have some sort of tracking. You have to have some sort of conversion. So even if you're sitting there, we have so many members that we talk to and clients that I've spoken with that they have a budget, right? Industry average in the estate planning and elder law arena is 8 to 10% of gross sales should be allocated to your advertising budget. Sometimes people look at me and they're like, I'm cr you're crazy. I'm not giving you that kind of money. And some people are like, all right, let's, this is manageable. Let's set a plan. So that's the keyword plan. Let's get a plan in place. And then we look at our best options. What's going to deliver us the best of results to the objectives that we're looking to achieve? But the biggest thing, no matter what you're doing, if it's a simple print ad, if it's a television commercial, if it's a Facebook ad, get that conversion. And what I mean by that is track it, figure out, raise their hand. A couple of thoughts I want to ask Guy, because I know he hit, has maybe not been so much adventuresome in the advertising story. But before we get there, I want to highlight a couple of things, Lisa, and listen to you. Over the years, advertising has changed too. Absolutely. You have to have your infrastructure in place. In the old days, my advertising was TV and phone book. I bought the back cover of the phone book and then, oh my gosh, that was, that was insane. I was a state planning attorney, not a personal injury lawyer. 
very effective. Now you have no way to even contact people. There are no phone books, but it means you have cell phones, right? Right, right. But the other difference is this. In the old days, you just drove everybody to your law firm phone number. People don't want that anymore. They want a website to go to because yep. they want to learn more about you. It's no longer about, hey, I want to come in and let's date. It's, hey, I want to just get a look at your profile. I want to. So I think you're right. A, a solid website, and that we talked about that in the past podcast, so I won't reiterate, but those become your, like you said, they could be a simple business card or they can be very interactive and robust. And the other thing I would say about advertising is, in my experience, I have done, and I've had several members over the years do radio shows. And in every attorney that ever talked that did a radio show, they have found it rewarding and successful. The thing I would say to add to Lisa, and then Guy's going to show us how to avoid all of the costs. But <laughs> what, you're, what I always know about driving to advertising is you want a cost per lead. And generally, what are you paying for a cost per lead is the answer. So if you spend $1,000 in an advertisement, how many people actually call you, go to your website and put in their data so you can reach out to them? That's how you come to your cost per lead. Industry averages, last I knew, Lisa, you would update this if it's changed, were about anywhere from $125 to $150 per lead. So if you spend $1,000 to $1,500, you should expect to get 10 prospects to call you or do the call to action that you're advertising. Uh, and that's the thing. That's the key element that I want to highlight is it gen- advertising generates the lead. No. It generates the lead. And that's why it's so important that your sales, which I think we're going to be talking about in the next podcast, but that's why your infrastructure, your first line of defense, your brand, your marketing needs to be so set up because so many times I've seen businesses throw a bunch of money, they generate the leads and it's an epic fail. And okay, let's start peeling the layers back. And what you find out is that they have the wrong person on that first line of answering that phone. Yeah. And I think the other side of it is, I think, People usually, in my experience, a lot of lawyers use advertising reactively. Yes. They're, they don't have any business. And so, oh my God, I got to get business, I got to get business. So they start running and, and screaming because they get an email from someone like the former Lisa saying, hey, we got sales. And <laughs> they guarantee you, I mean, just open up your email. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like, we guarantee you so many leads. Advertising should not be a reactive thing. You no. look to it to solve their marketing, to solve yeah. marketing problems. And it's one element of marketing, as we talked about. But it is effective when it's used. I would say this, and Lisa's to tell her I'm a good student. I've listened to you well. Advertising is a piece of an overall strategy yeah. that incorporates the digital on the other platform. Mm-hmm. I think a final thought from Lisa before we head over to Guy. It isn't. Yeah, two more things. Just One, advertising isn't for everyone. We got to understand that. So there's been times where I would walk into businesses and they'd be like, I don't need to advertise. And okay. And I'd ask questions and whatnot. And you know what? They really didn't. And they didn't need to advertise because they had such great word of mouth. They had such passionate employees that it was just natural. It just oozed out of them. They they were such a well-oiled machine and referral-based that yeah, advertising would be great, but they don't need it to generate the lead. And so I think that's where Guy might be able to shed some insight and in his perspective. And the other thing is, is that B2B advertising is completely different than B2C advertising. Just picking up on what you said just before I discuss the stuff I want to go through, Lisa, but yeah. the I think refer, having a, pr- a thorough, proper process for referrals 
is a form of advertising. Mm-hmm. It's just cheap advertising, right? Yes. <laughs> and it's it's amazing how many companies do not make the most of that free advertising. And all it requires is a process and an incentive, in my opinion. And if you can, ins- your best salespeople are often, and we're going to come on to this in the next podcast, but just touching on this because it is relevant to advertising, your best salespeople are usually your team. Mm-hmm. And when they're talking to people, it might be in the pub, it might be in the restaurant, it might be when they're on the phone to a client, it might be when someone says something that they go, well, actually, we could help that person. And they go, okay, well, I'll make that introduction. It's, it's those kind of conversations that cost absolutely nothing. And honestly, the number of companies that do not have a robust and practical and rewarded referrals processes is unbelievable and it's free so why wouldn't you so that's just one little comment i want to make on the referral bit that it is a form of advertising and it's a very cheap and effective form of advertising guy you build a very successful business that we all know you've sold off to disney companies and all that but you're wearing advertisers so where'd this all fit in for you yeah so what i want to do i'm going to talk about that now and i think we should just then the final part of the podcast come back to social media actually because we haven't discussed advertising on social media which is a really important aspect now but just as a break from the the advertising chat I'm going to be slightly controversial which you guys know me well now and I, I like to be a tad controversial from time to time and I'd argue that sometimes you don't actually need any advertising you don't need an advertising budget what you need is a culture that encourages your team to build their own personal brands in the communities and sectors that they serve. And that has numerous advantages from a company point of view, but it also has numerous advantages from a personal point of view from your team. So in other words, what what, what I did was we, purely by chance, if I'm honest, to start our CTO was really good at in the early days of blogging, at blogging and talking about some of the experiments he was doing as part of our research and development program that we had in-house. And that got lots of traction. And we actually won our second seven-figure contract through one of his blogs that talks about artificial intelligence. This was before artificial intelligence became a buzzword that everyone seems to use at the moment. So we're going back 10 years and it was totally unrelated, but somebody said that would be very, the information that blog could apply to our sector in this particular circumstance. Seven-figure contract cost us nothing to advertise for. And so we kind of latched onto that and said, right, okay, what we need to do now is encourage more people within our team, all the people that want to, to blog about, speak about internally, speak about externally at user groups speak about at conferences, writing magazines about their experiences and their uh, expertise and their passion and uh, educate other members of our technical community because it was a technical company, it was a software development company. And we, we did that and we built more and more people within the company. And as the company grew, it was one of our recruiting hooks actually to say that actually we actively encourage people to build their own personal brands because corporates used to hate doing that we're going back 15 years they were very protective of the the work that they were doing and they didn't want their team to talk about it now actually i think it's totally reversed corporates understand the importance of sharing experiences sharing content not giving the crown jewels away but talking about little technical problems have solved because it gets them noticed and it helps 
not just sales, but it helps hiring as well. So I actually think we built a company, you know, ended in quite a sizable acquisition and we didn't advertise once at all. And now that won't be for everybody, but it's worth bearing in mind. And I just thought it was a nice break from all the advertising chat. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think that key distinction is that B2B model as well, right? Yeah. You're in that business industry. Cause, and, and again, Lisa, and, and I think this brings in the social media element too. Yeah. Blogging. I'm thinking like guy just drops this little comment about blogging. This is a blog listening yep. to now. What's going on with blogging out there? Are people, there's so many, right? Do people, how many do people listen to on average? How many do they subscribe to on average? And do they work differently for the consumer than they do for the business? I know as a There's business owner, so I like many. listening to some blogs. I don't know. I don't know the consumers. What are they anchoring to when it comes to blogging? It's, it's just so interesting. So I think you got the podcast concept. You got the blogs, right? You got the blogs. Um, you got so many different options. But just to circle back, and I'll answer that question with regards to the social media, taking to the stance of what Guy was talking about, let's take ourselves out of our industries right now and think of the local restaurant in town or the local bakery. All they have to do is post a picture of that delicious cupcake or sandwich or meal and instantly people are gravitating to anything. So that's where people are handling the where the business to consumer, right? It, it, industries are all different. In, in the area of business that with lawyers, people are doing, consumers are doing their research. They want to read. They want to watch. They need to learn. They're doing their due diligence beforehand. And that's where the positioning um, of education from a legal standpoint in blog writing and getting it on your website and putting it on your LinkedIn page and keeping your social pages up to date with education stuff. Now, I'm the best person. Look at me. It's education. Check this out. And to tie in with what Guy was saying, that's exactly what his team members were doing. They had passion, first of all, and they got they they brought it to technology. They brought it to to words for people to read and understand it. And people that needed that service or had that problem, they found it. So think of us, we get held up on something. We go to Google and we're like, How, what does this green button on my cell phone mean? And all the blogs and stuff and blogs come up. So I think that there's definitely a place for all of that. And the B2B model and the B2C model are a little bit different, but that's where social media comes into play. The vlogging, the podcast, it's all there. It's all there, guy. You're well known in New York City as a lawyer that people see on the television and hear about on the radio. And that's your personal brand. They kind of buy into you, Dave, and then they come to your company or companies. And depending on whether they're a lawyer or a consumer, depends on what they're doing and where they're going. And I think to answer your question, the, the whole podcast, which is what we're doing now, and then the blog that will emanate from this podcast, because we have a company who then write up what we've been talking about. That's the expertise that Lisa's talking about. And again, it's another form of building your personal brand. I think the issue at the moment, which hopefully I'm going to make a nice segue in a second, the issue we have at the moment is there's so many damn choices, right? So you could go on TV, you can go on radio, you can reach a wider audience. It's a bit more of a scattergun approach, but it works. And there's a place for that, absolutely a place for that. And then you can do your content blogging, whether that be as a blog or as a, like we're doing at the moment, as a podcast, or as Lisa said, there's a blog, which is a video podcast. There's all sorts of ways to reach out to people and people consume these pieces of content. And some people do prefer to listen to stuff when they're going to work on the subway 
There's some people that prefer to read about it when they're on their iPad or the phone. And some people prefer to watch it on video. It's becoming more and more prevalent. Video is becoming the communication method across the internet. And all of this, and I just want to, I know we, Lisa, it's time to wrap up, but I just want to touch on social media because, yep. you know, that's become such a big thing now. And we have to combine all these different ideas and work out which ones we want to do and at what level. And social media plays a part there. Because the beauty of social media, and at least you're more of an expert on this than I am, and I'm going to hand over to you in a second, but the beauty of social media is that Facebook, as an example, knows so much about you. They know your age. They know who you work for. They know your relationship. They know they know everything. They probably know more about you than your mother knows about you, Lisa. Oh, I'm so, <laughs> so what that means is, though, that they can really target advertising at a really granular level. And yeah. so advertising on social media can be hugely effective if you know what you're doing. And it goes back to the who's that we've talked about previously. I'm not going to talk about that now. We don't have time. Uh, but if you bring the right person in, they will help you really target your market. And again, going back to your point, Lisa, it's about knowing who your target market is and then going for it. So I don't know if there's anything you want to add about social media. We've talked about it previously on other podcasts with social media that it does have a place. It does have a place in the formula. Of everything. Well, I think I think where it brings back together where we started really is the differential is there's a cost per lead, right? We said 125 150 dollars. In social media, you could do a pay per click, which means you pay every time someone clicks on your ad, whether they do anything more or not. So it, it's it's really a more microcosm, and you can do really cool targeting. I've learned, and again, it's all about getting the experts and and Lisa. So let you wrap up as the expert. What would be your final thoughts on advertising? to the lawyers out there? Well, you know, have a plan, right? And as we had discussed, it doesn't have to be a large investment. It could be a mindset. It could be the, the best form of advertising is word of mouth, right? So it's getting everything all set up properly. If you want to take that step in dabbling in digital platforms or the mass media concept, have a plan in place, be intentional, have that call to action and know what your results are going to be and track it. Please just track it. <laughs> and it's usually longer term, right? Lisa? Yeah. Long term. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you everyone for listening today. And for those out there, don't forget you're listening to the legal community podcast. And for further information, you can always visit us at guider.legal. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the legal community podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at guider.legal for more information and please review and share this show. We'll see you next time.